0: fact or myth in the big game the coin toss usually comes up heads that is a myth in fact tails has come up more often in recent years football is full of myths like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin gambling is a share of myths too unfortunately believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money so learn what's myth and what's fact at keepitfunohio.com you'll also find helpful tips interesting quizzes and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun Three, three,
2: six. Three, three, six. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section Three Three Six. I am your endearingly setting host Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover Josh Shroka.
3: How you doing, Matt? Just fine. Any, uh any? Bert's not here. Any no, chance here. that he got caught up in Canada? You forget his passport when he went to Niagara Falls. Yeah, Remember well, he, he kind of sprung that on us last week that he was going to Niagara Falls for the weekend. Just for the weekend, a yeah, weird, the weekend. weird trip. I haven't heard of that as a weekend trip, but he did it.
2: Yeah, well, I like it. Do you? You got no? I
3: like it too. Yeah. It's a little far for me to go, but I like it.
2: Yeah, I. No, is he going to swing by Cooperstown? I wonder. No.
3: No I, time for that. I don't know. You know, when we were kids, we did that trip and we hit Niagara Falls and Cooperstown.
2: Yeah, I don't know how close they are. But
3: I don't know. Yeah, I don't. They're both like northern New York. I don't know if like that's yeah. a routine trip or if because I don't know. For some reason, being a kid, I felt like Niagara Falls was a lot further yeah. from Baltimore. Yeah. Than it actually is.
2: Yeah, it's true. But Bert's not going to be with us this week. He'll be back next week. Um, so we'll save the. Um,
3: the bold predictions. The bold
2: predictions till, till next week. Right, well, right. We got a good We got a good show for you guys today. I'm excited about a guest we have coming on. It's been a while since we've had a guest. So yeah, we've got yeah. a guest coming on today. I'm excited oh, about
3: oh, it. Well, it's It's now the end of the Orioles season, which is prime time for getting guests in here. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, we also had the whole transition of learning how to podcast not in the same room as each other. Right. So, so now, and,
2: that, and now we're going to add the, the guest dynamic. So it really could be a disaster. You guys want to stay tuned for that.
3: <laughs> right. Stay tuned. No, the guy's the guy's awesome. We're excited to get this guy on. And in fact, I think. Uh, I think we might be the first Baltimore sports show he's been on since his big announcement.
2: Yeah, well, I have I have some questions for this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting to have a guy like this on the show since I don't know, since the past four years. Um, certainly since Michael Elias got here, I'm excited to talk to this guy. I got some questions for him. All right. So this guy,
3: this guy, we'll just set it up. Now this guy that's going to be on the show a little later today is Patrick Jones, who you may have heard of Patrick Jones before. You may not have. He's a young guy. Like a lot of people in baseball, uh, much younger than us. And he is just hired by the Orioles. When last week, I feel like it was like Thursday or Friday,
2: he made the announcement on October first. Yeah.
3: All right. And today is the seventh. So six days. That means we got this in in a week. So yeah. so within the first week of him being an employee for the Orioles, he is now the minor a minor league Orioles hitting coach.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So 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 we'll chat with him. It makes me a little bit um, perturbed that like it's one thing, like I love Fernando Rodney. He's my favorite current my currently my favorite professional baseball player is Fernando Rodney, because he's like 50. And it makes me feel better about myself that he's – like maybe maybe if things go right, like I can still become a professional baseball player if Rod- Fernando Rodney can pitch. But when they start hiring coaches that, that, that are younger than me, that's too far. Coaches are supposed to be old white men with hands down their pants. I'm not a fan of the young coach movement because, again, it makes me feel but, worse about myself.
3: Right, but it'll be fun to talk to this guy because – this is our first clue up to this next generation—the type of guys that Michael Elias wants to bring in. Like, oh, yeah, and
2: that's that's why I got some questions. Now, this guy's got on.
3: This guy's very big on uh, Twitter. He's got a podcast that all talks about hitting, which makes me wonder yeah. if this guy's coming in as our hitting coach. You think Michael Elias is going to reach out to like the pitching ninja to come in as our pitching coach for the minors? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm s-
2: uh, yeah I feel like the pitching ninja was offered a job or something I don't know like I um, I feel like there's a story there but but this is what happens right like fan, fan graphs can't keep anybody for more than like two years it's become like a springboard yeah. into front office jobs well, sure um, be, because they want people who know eh, eh, analytics and who can explain it to other people and break it down um, and that's what you know right. podcasters bloggers that's kind of what they do. That's why I, I keep
3: waiting for film study to get picked up yeah. for, for the Ravens and stuff because he is so much into that into that nerd world that yes. a lot of times those guys know even more than what the coaches are doing at the time.
2: Yeah. Meanwhile, we are more like like dumb disc jockeys. Like you don't hear anyone from <laughs> no. 105.7 getting a job with the Orioles, right? Because no. they're just knuckleheads, opinion heads. Uh, and so that's all we are—is just just talking heads without the data or the degrees to back up what we're saying, or the professional playing experience. No, I'm trying.
3: I'm trying to think of any jump to uh, uh, DJ or knucklehead to anything of official caliber, and uh, they don't do that. In fact, baseball teams. Uh, don't even like to bring those guys in. They try to hire people outside to come and make their own official podcast to kind of push those people exactly. out. They don't want exactly. to. The Orioles would be smart to reach out to us and say, hey, you guys should come and do official content for us and we'll hook you up with great interviews and stuff. But instead it's no, we'll just use clips from our broadcast and whatever else to try to, try yeah, to take and you we'll down. We'll
2: use some generic guy who knows nothing about the Orioles to – do right. interviews about right. the articles.
3: We'll just be a stepping stone for someone else that's working yeah. their way to ESPN. That yeah. we can control. It's all about control when it comes yeah. to people speaking.
2: But who knows? After we interview this guy, I might have some some data in my back pocket to and maybe someone will want that information that he gives to me that I can share with others. Who knows? You gotta start
3: somewhere. Oh no, but it's uh, great it's a great way to yeah. start our first I guess first podcast after putting the season behind us which isn't true. We're going to look back at the season one more time when we go back to our bold predictions next week. But it's a great way to start off this off season. Is Yeah. It?
2: Yeah, so let's switch gears a little bit because there is still baseball go, go that's going on right now. I don't know how much you've been watching this playoffs, Josh. But for me, this is like the best time of year. I know the Orioles aren't in it, which sucks. But this is like football, baseball every night. I'm getting about five hours of sleep, which is fine. You've, you Thank forgot you, to add playoffs. hockey to your list. No, I, no, <laughs> no, 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 not hockey's not coming. I, I got people in my timeline tweeting about hockey. I, what are you doing?
3: Exactly, especially when all these people jumping on with the Caps now. It's like we all know hockey doesn't mean anything until the playoffs. So who cares about yeah. the first week of hockey?
2: Yeah, yeah. There's um, more
3: important stuff going on.
2: Yeah, like like playoff baseball. Um, the I'll say I'll say this, and then we'll also get into the Ravens maybe a little bit. Got a, a lot to talk about. Um, the Cardinals are my new favorite team. Um, I love how Carlos Martinez criticized Acuna for um the not speed respecting around the bases, yep, the way he runs around the bases after the home run, lacked perspective for the players, lacked perspective of, of the game. Um and I love how, and this is Josh, you know me. This is just me being contradictory, right? Because everyone
3: Contrary. is is yeah. a contrarian.
2: A contrarian. I, I think he you, Mr.
3: English up. teacher, messed up that word.
2: Yeah. Well contradictory um, or whatever you yeah, call just, it. Yeah, I just like to contradict people who who yeah, are...
3: A contrarian. Got it. Yeah, okay. It's why we don't talk politics. Because no one right. knows what you really believe. You just want to argue.
2: Right, because I hate people who get on their high horse. You know, Twitter used to be a spot for people to share their own opinions in a free, open environment. It's not anymore. If you put an opinion on there, like that you side with Carlos Martinez who's against Acuna, um, not running hard around the bases. If you stop Carlos Martinez, you are just crushed on Twitter. Um, yep. But if you say something, anything positive about Acuna and anything negative about Car- 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 Carlos Martinez, everyone praises you. Oh, yeah, you're so enlightened. Give me a break. Acuna is the hero of the story. Acuna, who hits a ball to the wall and makes it the first base. He's <laughs> the hero of the story. Give me a break. It's a joke. I think Acuna is kind of a bum, if you ask me. Sorry, I wouldn't say that on Twitter because I would get crushed, but I can say it here because no one listens. But Car- Car- Carlos Martinez, um, I love him for calling it out. I love it because it also adds drama to the series. I love it because Carlos Martinez offended ninety-eight of kind percent of young baseball fans because they get triggered. So I am now all in the Cardinals bandwagon. Go Cardinals! as they get ready for game five against Atlanta. Josh, what have you uh, changed your stance on who you're rooting for? What series have you been watching the most? What series are you enjoying the most?
3: I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for the Braves. I'm still getting behind the Braves and the Rays, just like from the beginning. Those are the guys. Those are my teams I'm going with. The smaller market, even though the Braves are a big market, I think. Uh, yeah, but
2: but said, those connections with the Ordos, you know, the Nick Markakis, I the, get I, that. Darren
3: O'Day pitched today. And yeah, but, but yeah, but Nick Markakis is the key. I'm rooting for the Braves because I'd love to see Nick Markakis just get a ring. It, it, that's such a cool story about a player who like kind of earned his way there. Uh, but you know where I turned? The Nationals. You know I hate the Nationals. I am for I am so cheering for the Nationals this. Oh, this I time. know
2: why. I know why. Because you love that Baby Shark song. Are you all <laughs> on yeah. team Baby Shark? That's uh, why you're all on yeah, the. Yeah,
3: uh, yeah, I'm team Baby Shark. That's not why I'm in. I am in on the Nationals because, one, they're playing the Dodgers, and I feel like rooting for the Dodgers is like rooting for the New York Yankees. They're a, a team that got theirs 100% by money. Now, I know that the Orioles have invested just as much money and lost, so all these people posting online, could you imagine if the Orioles had the payroll of the Yankees or the Dodgers? We've been there. We've done that. Yeah. It doesn't work in Go back to
2: 1997. Yeah, right, absolutely. exactly. Yeah.
3: So it's, but I am liking the – I'm liking the – nationals because what i love about i love wild card games the one game everything's on the line i love that and i feel like for the nationals they are treating this division what is this the divisional series is that what this first level is yeah they are treating the divisional series as if it's the wild card game they're going all out there where it doesn't matter if strasburg or scherzer pitched the night before they're going to be ready to go if needed the next day and i love yeah. that it i mean yeah. it says something about their pitching staff but i love the what? mentality
2: can you imagine the Nationals investing all this money in this team, right? Because they got a ton of money in this team, signing guys at like Corbin in the offseason. You know, they, they, they got Scherzer for a billion dollars. And yet having Fernando Rodney, who literally nobody else would want on their team, playoff or non-playoffs, and, and he's in your playoff roster bullpen. Like they literally have no one in their bullpen that they trust. And this is a team you invest all this money and you can't find a single bullpen arm. They literally only have one lefty bullpen arm, and the entire organization is John do do little it's a it's a just it's a joke it's laughable <laughs> that they got this far without
3: and I got my soundboard back from repair
2: You're real quick with that.
3: and it that uh button. it came with some generic sounds, so I have a yeah. laughter button now Not a terrible laughter button. I know
2: but but yeah, I think they're, I think it, and so I kind of agree with you. I think it's entertaining to watch a team try to win a playoff series with literally no group help.
3: I agree with you. And so does this crowd that's now applauding for you.
2: Yeah. The, I also like, I'm old school. That's why the Car- a Carlos Martinez, I'm also old school because I like when starters can throw more than three innings. And so, like, I enjoyed watching Garrett Cole through, like, 117 pitches or something the other day, and I, I like that. I don't really like Houston because they're too good. I don't like when teams are too good. It just doesn't seem fair with Houston. Now, um, but, but I, I like the old-school starters, not, like, 10 pitchers pitching in, in, in a single 9 in the game
3: all right, I agree on I'm not cheering for Houston because they look like they're unstoppable. But does the fact that Houston is still really a good team – give you any more confidence for Elias and what he could do I know he wasn't running Houston on his own but the fact that that team not only was built to win the World Series but that they're still good a couple of years later
2: I, no, no I don't I do think it raises the expectations for the Orioles because we constantly be compared to the, to the Astros right yes that's hundred we're, percent we're like so and so at this stage of the Astros rebuild and so this assumes that will turn into the greatest baseball team in baseball for multiple years, and I don't think any like I think Oriole fans honestly think that that because we have Michael Elias in three years we're going to turn into the best team in baseball and we'll be there for multiple years. And so I think the expectations always comparing us to to Houston and the fact that they're so good makes it unrealistic because yeah. I don't think we're going to be the best team in baseball in three years for multiple years. I think we'll be competitive but not dominant. I think a lot of things went right for Houston and they opened up the purse strings to pay some players that all led to, to, to their success.
3: Yeah. You're, you're,
2: so I don't think it guarantees oral success.
3: Yeah. You're hundred percent correct. Not to mention they also did it before everyone else was doing it, which meant they were, when you got that head start on everyone, you are grabbing guys that the other people aren't thinking of and don't have on the top of their radar. So the scouting department was ahead of everyone else and doing things differently, where now everyone's scouting the same way, so you're going to be fighting for the guys that get on base.
2: Yeah, but on the other hand of that is, though, and Mike Elias has said as much, they also made some mistakes because they were doing it for the first time. Like, they swung and missed with some first-round draft picks. Um, They swung and missed with some signings. And so Mike Elias said, like, we also learned from that. So hopefully also, you know, being the first team to do it also means you're going to make mistakes that other teams won't because you haven't had the chance to learn from it. Right. So hopefully, hopefully, Mike Elias has learned from some of those mistakes, so he can do it even better this time. Um, so instead of three World Series, like the Astros will eventually win, we'll win five.
3: <laughs> I I just want I one. I want one. I want one within the next five years. That's all I'm asking for. All I want is one. You can wish for your five. I'll be happy with one.
2: Yeah, I'm with you there. Um. But I am rooting for the Astros just because, in the sense that I don't, I think they have the best chance to beat the Yankees, and that's my number one thing I want to see is the, for the Yankees to lose. The Yankees lose. The Yankees lose. And so that's 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 what I'm tuning in for. And if the Astros are the best chance for the Yankees to lose, then I guess bring on the bring on the Astros mm-hmm. and knock down those Yankees.
3: Right. Well, the Rays took a game today, so the Rays, that's a two to one series now. But it is, you're right. The, the Twins lining up against the Yankees, the Yankees, like, that's the perfect matchup for the Yankees. Like, yeah, the Twins just rolled over Yeah, the Twins, no problem right there. Yeah. Where I would have, I, the Rays, they would have had a whole lot more trouble with because it would have well, been yeah. a divisional team and a team that yeah. they play all the time.
2: Yeah, I'm assuming Astros will advance once Ferlander. Or um, Garrett Cole pitch again. But you're right. The Rays are going to put up a better show than the Twins. So I think the Rays or the Astros could beat the Yankees. Certainly Astros right. are the best team in baseball, though.
3: Yeah, Yankees are probably going to win game three tonight and just move on.
2: It looks that way. Yeah. All right. Um, We should hold off and get to some Ravens talk. Yeah, right.
3: Let's talk Ravens after Patrick. Um, All right. Uh, You want to just take a break now and we'll get Patrick on the phone? Yeah, sounds good. Hey, guys. Have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app. And then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out.
2: Welcome back. Today's Section 336 is excited to be joined by one of the newest members of the coaching staff of the Orioles, minor league hitting coach Patrick Jones. Uh, Patrick, welcome to Section 336.
4: Hey, thanks for having me, fellas.
2: Yeah, so um, oh, uh, we know you are hired by the Orioles. Do you know
4: exactly what your role will be with the Orioles yet? Um, I'll be a hitting coach at um, and at an affiliate, I believe. I just don't know which one yet. Okay. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'll know within the next month or so. Um, but yeah, not not quite sure yet. Um, but yeah, hopefully within the next month, I'll know for sure where I'll be.
3: Well, the nice thing uh, is they're all close enough by the Orioles are kind of special in that, that all the teams are pretty close by. You could actually drive among the uh, affiliates with no problem.
4: Yeah, that's what I, that's what I've heard before. I remember when I was out um, in Baltimore, um, that's one of the things that they were kind of saying too, how how I was uh, pretty unique in that way where everything was so close together. And which is awesome. If you're, you know, in the organization, you're, and you have to go from, you know, one affiliate to the next, whether it's scouting or whatever it may be. So um, yeah, that, that was pretty cool to, to hear that. And it's perfect setup for the, for the organization.
2: Yeah. And Patrick, you're one of the, the new hires. I know, um, with Mike Elias coming here, there's been a large shift in the analytics. What's your background with analytics? What's your, like, what is kind of real quick, your story that led you to this point in, in, in your past with coaching? Um, how, 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 how did you get here?
4: Um, uh, it started out after I got done playing, uh, I played, I played college baseball and I played independent baseball for a couple of years. And, um, and then I just kind of like a lot of people do started giving some lessons when I came back and, and, uh, you know, it just, it wasn't, an, wasn't enough for me to just give lessons and not continually try to learn. And just for me, I just want to be the best. I want to be the best. And so I started to, to, um, search out other avenues because, I could kind of see what some of the players were doing wrong, but I couldn't really explain it very well because I played my whole life. So I I knew what it felt like, but to be able to explain it was a whole different ball game. And then I came across her. I started, um, you know, researching a lot online and, and Twitter and things and, and realized there's a whole hitting Twitter community out there and just skill acquisition. And there's so many, so many cool uh, rabbit holes I was able to go down and some really cool people I was able to meet and who who helped me and along the way. And kind of one thing led to another. I started going to a few different conferences. I went to TPI out in Phoenix. And I went to, you know, I've been to On Base U as well and um, a couple other ones. And so I really was just able to start meeting people, um, start learning from them. Um, and I just, I, like anything else, I just, I want be I want to be able to develop as many baseball players as possible. And I, I feel like you have to have a, a really big toolbox to do that. And I there because not everyone learns the same way, no different than not everyone likes to eat the same food. It's just it's no different. So I, I really started to be able to understand the body a little bit better, you know, being able to do movement assessments on players because everyone moves differently. So I wanna able to, to, uh, you know, to do those. And then I started to get into some of the technology. I was, I've been using blast motion now for three, over three years. And, um, you know, I ended up buying a K vest. Um, and just because I, I, again, I thought that if they were, if they could help my players develop a bit better, if they could help them get better, then I was all in. So um, that's just kind of uh, where it, uh, where it led. And I, I never actually really even wanted to get into professional baseball or really even like thought about that as a goal or anything. I just wanted to continue to um, grow um, as a hitting coach. And this is kind of <laughs> what happened.
2: Yeah, that's, that's crazy. And that's, well, first of all, that response As I have like 50 questions just about that response, but I'm going to show a little bit of self-control here. Um, so how did it work for, for getting hired by the Orioles? Did, was there contacts there? Did you contact them? Did they contact you? How, 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 how did that even work?
4: Yeah, so I, I met uh, someone in the Orioles organization at one of these conferences that I went to, and okay. they just kind of reached out and said, like, hey, like, would you have any interest in professional baseball? And um, I said, you know, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, again, like, I never even thought about professional baseball at any capacity uh, wanting to work there, or anything, so that's just kind of what what started it, and just kind of you know just kept in contact and um pretty much that i mean that was it i mean it was not it was over a longer period of time it was several months but um yeah i mean that's pretty much all all that really happened
3: well wow. the the orioles they've been it seems like once a month they list like more job openings and more job openings as they're really changing the way they do things it's constantly being put up there. Uh, I think it's mostly the higher people that went to Harvard and Yale and those type schools. But um, clearly they're looking and trying to change the way they're they're hiring. And I think part of that is that's where we're looking at you and being like, all right, they're bringing in this younger guy who's thinking of things a little differently. And uh, the minor league baseball players we spoke to this season, we'd always ask them, what changes have you seen since Elias came in, even knowing that he came in pretty late into the offseason last year? and they talked about the technology they mentioned uh like Trackman and Blast Motion and stuff is how does all that stuff work is it all like camera based and then you're going back and studying it like film but with the help of computers or how has that really changed kind of what you're doing and how you tell someone to swing the bat
4: yeah that's a, that's a really good question i think uh <clears> that it's kind of a it can be a slippery slope because it is technology and you know there's sometimes there's there's uh you know mishaps with technology so just solely relying on technology um you know i I don't know i'm not i would never just do that um so I, i like to combine the technology with what i see as well and then kind of come up with a game plan for the player um so i just you know it I wouldn't say I'm just I'm driven by data, but it influences me. And so I definitely I want the data. I want all the tech I want because I want to see what those numbers are saying. But that's not going to necessarily mean that I'm going to tell that player to do X, Y and Z just based off of what the numbers are saying. It has to be combined with a what they're feeling right and what their success has been like. And then also at the same time, um, you know, what I kind of see from them and see if we can come up with a game plan.
3: Are the, are the younger players more open to the technology and, and, and kind of being told, hey, trying this? I remember Trumbo last year getting really upset because he was trying to work on his launch angle and that wasn't working for him. And so I wonder if the younger guys, they're more used to and accepting what the computer says and trying to adjust that way.
4: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely do agree that the younger players are, are more open to it and, and like it. Um, just because you know, major league play, major league hitters specifically, uh, they didn't come up through the system using any of this stuff. And so they were able to make it to the major leagues, the highest level um, without using this stuff. So I can, I definitely understand how they're going to be skeptical because again, they've spent years and years and years of their life trying to hone this craft and to just look at a few numbers and say, okay, you should be, you know, your bat should be tipping towards this point when you go forward or whatever it may be. Uh, they're they're going to be you know skeptical. And I definitely understand it. Whereas a minor league player is trying to get there. So they're trying to, you know, get that extra edge that they need. Yeah. Josh, you done? Cause I have a lot of questions.
3: I, I know. I saw, I, you a... I saw you get Nancy. So I backed yeah. off.
2: No, those are good questions, Josh. And to, and to put off that, as far as the a- a- analytics and players go, the, is it, how does this usually work? Is it like a, it starts with the major leagues and trickles down to college and high school or do we see a lot of this stuff kind of growing and happening first at lower levels and then professional baseball kind of stealing what colleges are doing? Um, where Where is the
4: innovation happening the most, do you think? I think a lot of it is happening in the independent um, areas right, where right. right, right, these private facilities because – they, they can do whatever they want. They can test whatever they want. They can try whatever they want. You know, they don't have anyone saying like, yes, do this, you know, or no, you can't do that. So I think a lot of it's happening there. And you see that firsthand with, with, from the, especially from the pitching side with driveline, Um, what they've done out there has been unbelievable, but yeah, I would say definitely private um, and definitely now it's starting to get um, last few years college as well, because again, there's only three or four coaches on a staff. I mean, there's not that many people you have to, you know, ask for permission to do something. Um, you can just go and implement it right away or try it out. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where why that the um why there's so much interesting things going on in the private um sector sector. And um and again, I there's a lot of people that I, I talk to and and try to bounce ideas off of. Um the only thing is with the private sector is it has to be implemented in a team setting, right? when if you're, if I'm, if I'm coaching with an, uh, an actual organization or an actual team, you got 13 players, it's not just a one-on-one or, you know, so you, you know, there's other things that go into that, but I think just the ideas and, and just being um, open-minded is, is where the the private uh, facilities and things have, have kind of come into play. Yeah, that's interesting.
2: And and Josh and I were talking before you got on here about how the Orioles are trying to play catch-up, right? We're trying to imitate uh uh, Michael is coming from the Astros, kind of imitate what they did and they were kind of on the cutting edge. Well, as far as the a- analytics in baseball go, like often I think like technology is a great example where there's a lot of advancements and then it kind of stops until there's another breakthrough and then there's a lot more advancements. As far as the a- an- analytics go, is there like a lot more room to explore and to grow or are we at the point where we all kind of have the same data and now who can, you know, make the best sense of it? Wh-
4: wh- where are we at with this? That's a good, very, very good question. Um, it really is, and I think everyone kind of right now in baseball, I would say, has access to the same uh, data, but not everyone knows exactly what to do with it, and so that's where that's that's the most important piece. Um, yeah, there. I mean, there's always there's always going to be new stuff coming out. There's always going. You know, to I see there's some you know virtual reality coming out to help people you know with pitch recognition and preparing with for different pitchers and things of that nature and pitch shapes. But um, you know, that's kind of down the road, I think before that's even kind of really in play at a large scale. Um, but yeah, it's, it, everyone pretty much has access to the, the same information with TrackMan and, and, you know, K vest and rap and edgertronic cameras and everything like that. It's just, How do you implement it to the player? Because at at the end of the day, none of this matters if the player doesn't understand what you're trying to get them to do. And so you need to be able to take that information and simplify it in an understandable manner for the player. And every player is different. Again, that's what makes it hard. Some guys need, they want a lot of information. They want all the information uh, they can possibly get their hands on. That helps them a lot just by seeing what's going on. Other guys, it's got to be very, very simple. They can't overthink at all. Um, so it just, that's, that's the hardest part. And that's where, um, most of the organizations are kind of having trouble right now is they have all this information. Now, what do they do with it?
3: And that's yeah. why, that's why we need the robots to come in. We plug all this information into robots and we have perfect baseball players.
4: That's <laughs> true. But I wouldn't have a job then.
3: <laughs> that's right.
2: <laughs> well, it's true. Cause it's not just like each, like hitter has their own knowledge each hitter has their own stance their own preferences but also like you're right each hitter has their own personality types right um and and all that is part of what makes you human but also what makes you kind of different and what makes you know it requires you to address each individual and kind of where they're at which yeah presents a real challenge for coaches who sometimes want to say okay here's what you need to do to get better and tell that to everyone but it's not it's not that simple all the time
4: no, and, and that's where I think sometimes as coaches, you always feel, <clears throat> you sometimes feel the need to say stuff just because you're coaching. And that's just, it's sometimes like the best coaching is actually not saying anything. And so, it, again, it just, it depends on the player. The, I think developing a relationship with each player um, on the team is is huge, right? They, you gotta They, they got to know who you are. They got to trust you first and first off before they can kind of let you in on, on kind of, you know, working with their swing and things like that. And while you're doing that, you're going to be able to kind of understand, you know, how they learn best, what cues work for them, because it doesn't matter what my cues are. It matters what their cues are. So, yeah, being able to, to kind of have that, that, that relationship with that player is, is so huge. And uh, and that's why just, just numbers alone will never be enough. You have that human element. Will always be king, and I think yeah, it's the so. person who's able to take that, take those numbers, um, have that relationship with the player, and and combine it all together that you're going to see um, the best the best results.
2: Yeah, and, and the Orioles have already seen immediate results, especially in the in with the pitching, um, with use technology. We've seen strikeout numbers kind of go through the roof
3: in the minor uh, this leagues. year with
2: in the minor leagues as they're starting to use some of this technology. Is the transition we haven't seen the same immediate improvement for the hitters? Is this normal? Does sometimes it take like, is there usually an immediate result with pitchers, but it can take a little bit longer for the hitters to get up to speed?
4: Yeah, I mean, kind of, it's like it's two different beasts because uh, pitching is a repeatable motion, um, whereas hitting, there's a lot of variables that, that are in play, and it's, and, um, and it's just that's that's kind of why the, the tech is is kind of hard to sometimes implement in hitting because you know it's a reactionary thing. Yeah, you know, there's mm. different pitches, there's different locations, there's we you know, there's the mental component as well that can sometimes make you uh do do things that aren't optimal. Um so yeah, I think so, but I but I do believe that um you know we we will be able to, to make hitters better and develop hitters. Um, I did. That was pretty cool. I was able to see um, that the pitchers, you know, there was a, an obvious increase um, in in production um, this year in the minor leagues. And, you know, hopefully we can do the same thing next year um, with the, with the hitting part of it, too.
3: I, I think of a guy uh, like DJ Stewart, who we uh, were talking to him when he was in the Bay Sox in double A and how at the time he was still had a kind of squatty bat and stance because that's what worked for him in college. And the coaching advice to him was to try to keep hitting the ball hard, and and to to swing for the fence and be aggressive at the plate. And,
2: and he was taking too many pitches. And he yeah, was taking the, too many yeah. pitches.
3: They didn't like that Two he was murders. getting on base too much. They wanted him to to just be swinging for the fence. And I wonder how much guys who had have had it, like bad advice who developed bad habits that worked for them in the made to get to this point. That mixed with just the mind games of superstitions, because we all know baseball players are ridiculous with their superstitions. How much that affects, like trying to retrain guys to slight adjustments—that's going to make them a better player.
4: That's yeah, it's really tough because. Especially when you start talking about, uh, you know, different movement patterns for um, for hitters, you know, the older they get, the 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 more uh, hardwired those patterns are because they've been, you know, that's just more and more swings and, and so much more time and things of that nature. So that's where it can get pretty tough. And that's where it really does come down to um, a couple of, you know, some different different things. But it, it takes a lot of work. Um, for that, for the player to make those changes, because again, they've just, they've been doing it for so long one way. Um, it definitely can be done. And you've, you've seen, I'm sure you guys have seen, uh, hitters who are, who have had success, who started out, you know, maybe, um, you know, not as much. And, um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say certain names across different organizations, but yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure you guys kind of know what I'm talking about in terms of those, those hitters who started out who struggled who maybe got released and then made a made a couple changes, then boom, before you know it. But yeah. what people don't realize is that those one or two changes didn't just happen overnight. Like those guys were obsessed with working hard and their craft and it was consistency. It was over and over again. So it comes down to a lot of different things. I think environment is key too, right? The player has to understand that it's okay for me to, to, to try some new things. It's okay for me to, you know, to go out and and maybe experiment a little bit here and there, and I don't have to, um, you know, just please, you know, this one hitting coach here. You know what I mean? So there's just a lot of factors that just that go into it, and it's it's why it's fun, but at the same time, it's just that's why it's hard too. All right, I'm yeah, gonna assume I, I, you're I, talking.
3: Mike Yastrzemski, Christian Walker, anyone who well, left the say, Orioles, and then suddenly they're say, a good baseball player.
4: If you're Patrick, if
2: you're asking us, do we have any experience of players leaving the Orioles and getting good, do we know what you're talking about? Right. Yes. We are very familiar Jake Arrieta. players leaving the Orioles, then all of a sudden being a lot better at what they do, both pitchers and hitters, once they leave the Orioles. We're very familiar with that. And Patrick, hopefully you will help us to stop that from happening. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah i mean like I, like I said i'm pretty i'm pretty excited um gonna have a, a good group of of uh coaches in next year i've been able to um, talk to a, a few of them as is and i'm just it's really excited it's gonna uh, it's gonna be a progressive organization and i i really like working with just really good people uh first off and i i really um it really seems that it's going to be it's just going to be a lot of fun just to be able to grow and, and develop players and um, and be progressive at the same time.
3: Now, you're still young. Are you always are you ever tempted to say, all right, I'm going to take all this technology and rejuvenate my career and and get back in it? <laughs> yeah. Or are you really yeah, enjoying I, coaching now?
4: You know, it's funny because uh, I've I've been asked to play in men's leagues probably over 25 times. Um, just around the area, and I have no desire at all to to swing to hit. That part of me has just died. It really has. And I do, I do hit too because I do want to feel what I'm kind of teaching to different players and things like that. But it's not because I I, I have the itch to hit. It's just because I just know it's going to help me become a, a, a better teacher. Um, but yeah, it's just it's funny because I was so obsessed with with being uh, a major league baseball player my entire life. And then once I realized it wasn't going to happen, I was just like, okay, moving on. And I'm never attempted at all to uh, try to get back in, into playing at all. I mean, yeah, wow. it would be good if, if I did, because I, you know, maybe I'd be a little bit, a little bit yeah. better physical shape right now, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have any, it's, it's weird. It, it's just that part of me has just died. It, it has. Yeah.
3: But that's also that's that you the- can teach and kind of get that same joy out of seeing other people succeed
4: yeah that's and that's the best that's the best part is just seeing it click for them um that it's so much fun it's so much fun to see that it's so much fun to, to develop that relationship with the player and just see them developing and getting better over time um it's it it, it is a lot of fun it really is
3: and and yeah. you're you're with the organization so eventually you'll get that world series ring anyway <laughs>
2: that's right yeah that's right Yep. that's right Hey, um, I just got a couple more questions for you and then we'll, we'll, we'll get you out of here. Um, so here's the $161 million question. Uh, uh, Chris Davis, um, you, you've seen him play. He used to be good at baseball. Now he's bad at baseball. Um, if you could, uh, like, what advice would you give if you could sit in a room with Chris Davis on how to
3: or even, um, do you have any
2: thoughts on even Chris more Davis
3: and what happened?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, how, how does someone go from being that good and dominant? to to just this bad how does that happen
4: i think i i think it kind of goes to show right like how hard hitting is yeah right because you know you have you have success and um before you know it, it just it just falls off and when it falls off sometimes it just falls off really quick and it's just hitting is so hard and that's why there's there's a lot of different factors that come into play when it when it comes to that um you know, what would I so what I say to Chris? Yeah, Davis?
2: when when you see Chris Davis like that, is there like part part of you that says, you know, if I got Chris Davis, you know, if I got him for, for an off season, I could really help him and work with this So, Like is there part of you that, that could say like there's hole in this guy's swing, like like there's things that we could do to help this guy?
3: Or is it or thank God I'm in the minor leagues, I won't have to <laughs> fix that one.
4: Yeah, it's probably that. I'm- Chris Davis is a big dude, so like yeah. I could just imagine myself going up to him and like telling him like exactly what to do. He'd probably look at me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, I guess like, the coach and me, yeah, there's definitely uh, some things you would you you know would want to work on maybe with him. I think honestly, the, the more I, I kind of I, I study hitting and studying hitters, a lot of it comes down to as like what's optimal for them from like how they're built physically, but. What do, what are they thinking? What do they need to think to be successful? So I would really need to, to honestly spend just time with him and just talking to him, getting to know him, getting to know like what works, what doesn't work you know, how he moves physically, um, from like a physical assessment standpoint, um, and just kind of combine that. So it is, uh, it does always, you, you watch games on TV and you see it like 97 miles an hour right down the middle of like, why can't he just hit it? Like, <laughs> I've been there before too, but, uh, it's just, it, it's, it is really, really hard. Um, so that's why just getting to spend you know, a lot of time with that player, um, really does help. Yeah.
2: Hitting a baseball is really hard. Um, uh, all right, I have a couple selfish questions here. Um, I have a two-year-old. We got the the tea in the backyard. We're working on He's got a pretty good swing for a two-year-old. At what, what um, uh, first of all, do you have any advice for my two-year-old? But at, at, at what age do you start, like, at what age do you stop, like, just do whatever you want to, like, start to use some of these tools to really refine what you do? Would you recommend people start this in high school or later or before?
4: I would I mean I th- say for your two year old, I, I would just my goal for that two year old was be I want him to have as much fun as possible. I want him, to, you know, I want him to love the game first off. Um because it's a hard game and I think sometimes when kids um you know understand not understand but like when they uh, kind of deal with the failure aspect, they kinda get pushed away a little bit. And I think that's why the game is so great mm-hmm. because it, it does teach you that resiliency factor. Um, I mean, there's, there are different things, um, the older he gets, uh, you want him to definitely move correctly. And and I honestly, I think a lot of the problems are from coaches because they cue these kids so hard at a, at a younger age and those and they so they have, they form these bad habits. I think if you honestly, I would say, if we're talking about like, like data, if you were to to take your your kid and just let him have as much fun as possible just throw him balls tell him to hit it as hard and as far as he could he probably would um be efficient as is because i think most kids naturally move really really well um, it's coaches you get in there and, and start you know wanting them to uh to cuz from a coach's standpoint a lot of these younger coaches right they want them to put the ball in play they want them to you know hit it on the ground or because most kids can't feel a ball throw it and then get the out. So they just want to put it in play right away. And that's where kids, you know, they start you know, not being as efficient as they possibly can. So my advice for you was let your kid have fun, let him hit the ball, maybe give him a couple, uh, you know, cues here and there. But um, honestly, I would let him be for the most part because I think probably he's going to be um, naturally athletic um, without you saying too much. Um, and that can be hard to do as a coach or yeah, as yeah. a dad not. Um, I try to tell my dad that my whole life. And it's, <laughs> uh, but, um, um, that's what I would do. And then the older he gets, um, uh, you could honestly just ask me questions um, online. I'd be more than happy to give you some different kind of movement stuff to do with him.
2: Oh, that's really cool. The, yeah. the naturally athletic part is going to be challenging as I'm not naturally athletic. So I don't know how well it's going to do with right. that. And most of my coaching thus far has been on his respect for the game. Because when he hit the ball really hard today, he did a little bit of a bat flip. And I said, "Sir, Whoa. we do not do bad flips around this household. We respect the game, respect the pitcher, and just run hard around the bases." Well, so I, I take it you were pitching then. What's were that? You
4: were you pitching? When yeah, you yeah, yeah.
2: Home? Okay, okay. Was okay. Was, right. So we, yeah, <laughs> he didn't respect the pitcher. That's that's right. That's, that's right. right.
3: Now, now, Matt, Patrick's being nice. What you really need to do is videotape your kid and go on to PatrickJonesBaseball.com. You can upload the video and pay Patrick to review uh, <laughs> your video of your son and give you the proper advice.
2: Oh, Patrick, okay. do people you, do that? Do people upload videos of of uh, of people playing and you can give feedback? Uh, or yeah,
4: yeah. Or you just put it on. Uh, you just post it on Twitter and you have like a thousand different uh, responses from. Everyone on the man, the middle will have an opinion about it.
3: That's a good yeah, point. Put it dangerous. on Twitter. I'll give you all my <laughs> feedback.
4: Yeah, I'll retweet it. All I'll right. make sure it's out there.
2: All right, you guys are gonna see a, a, a video of my two-year-old hitting the baseball, um, and hope, and, and then dropping the bat and sprinting around the bases. Right, and then uh, the, well, my my set, sprinted around now.
3: As long as he goes to the right direction, <laughs>
2: not too fast. Right. Uh, okay, my last question. This is another personal question. Josh and I. Oh shoot, I said Josh and I. It's not true anymore, Josh, because he moved to Florida. Um, involved in Church League softball. Does the stuff you're teaching professional baseball players also apply to slow pitch Church League softball?
4: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> slow pitch, uh yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, the swing is the same, right? In softball and baseball. Some people argue that the swing's
3: different, but. I, I go for launch angle and softball.
4: Launch angle? I, I mean, there's nothing. The thing is, you can get away with that kind of stuff in slow pitch, so I don't see anything wrong with it at all. Um, Yes, things uh, are the they're exactly the same. I would say for the most part. I mean, again, you'd be able to make some more uh, mistakes just because it's slow pitch. I've never played slow pitch before, so I I've never played softball at all. But I I have coached some softball players, um, and the swing is the same. I, I teach the same same pattern, um, not the same pattern to each person necessarily, but they, everyone kind of moves. Um, the exact same. So the swings the same in both sports.
3: I, Matt, right, well, I, may, I may be posting a
2: video later and putting that
3: on Twitter of yourself. Yeah, I, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah. I think Matt, you're going down the right path. Thanks to technology, now we can finally figure out which one of us is better. Let the computers decide.
2: Yeah. yeah, or we can like maybe win more than one game. I don't know. Like I <laughs> think either of those scenarios would just stop getting blown out in tri softball. <laughs> um, whatever it takes. Uh, well, Patrick, we appreciate you coming on and, and uh, sharing your your wisdom. It's so interesting to talk to you about this stuff.
4: No, I appreciate you guys having me. And um, again, kudos to you guys for for doing the podcast uh, for six years. Uh, yeah. What was it? You guys missed like one week. That was it. I mean, I, I that's that We're is impressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is that's really that's awesome. I mean, I I missed one week in two years, and I thought that was some sort of accomplishment. But you guys just blew me out of the water with that. Um, yeah, that, that's 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 awesome. It really, really truly is. So keep doing exactly what you're doing, and it's it's really cool to see. And you got a fan in me because I just I, I like a podcasting. And um, since you guys are podcasters and are consistent and love baseball, um, I'm all in. Hey, we're
3: gonna we're gonna definitely uh keep in touch with you, keep up with you. I'm sure you'll be down here in Sarasota some, so I'll come over and see you then when you're up in Maryland. Matt's gonna keep, Matt, Matt'll handle that side. We've got uh. Both north and south covered, and people should definitely be following Patrick on Twitter at p jones baseball.
2: And, and Patrick is the, and I listen to, I'm now a listener of your podcast, Patrick Patrick Jones Baseball. Will the podcast continue?
4: Yes, it will. Do the um, Orioles know? Gets, <laughs> yes, yes, I did get permission uh, to continue. Um, obviously, I, I I won't be able to, you know, <clears throat> I'll probably have to distance myself just from everything that's going on. Um, and for me though, the podcast is, I I like the podcast because it helps me grow as a coach. So I bring on people who, um, you know, I have some sort of interest in one way or another. And, um, and so I'm really just asking them questions pretty much the whole time. It's not just me revealing information. So podcast is going to continue. Um, I'm definitely appreciative, um, that they allow that, for that for that to happen because i uh, i like we were talking earlier before we even started um it's just it's a hobby nobody's making tons yeah. of money off of this unless you're like number one on itunes so.
3: right right yeah, yeah none and, of us are the, joe rogan the, the
4: yeah <laughs> th- not yet the
2: cool thing about your podcast too is the like the diversity of voices like you don't just have like you have just all kinds of different people connected to baseball there it's not just hitting coaches right it's, it's all different types of people right. which i think is pretty cool so who's on this week yeah.
4: Right, and that's the that's the cool thing about uh, about baseball. There's so many different avenues uh, to go down, really, and especially in hitting. I mean, you'll bring if I just bring on a hitting coach every single week, you're going to start to hear the same thing, and I'm going to get kind of bored too. And so, I like learning from you know pitching coaches and strength coaches, and you know learning about the mental side of the game. And you know, there's some really good softball coaches out there as well, and some of the uh, best hitting coaches I've met have been you know. Uh, softball coaches actually so uh, I just I I like to keep my mind open I think you can learn a lot of different things from a lot of different people and whether it be a high school coach or a big league coach um, they usually have some sort of uh, value if you just listen Um, you can kind of learn something from them
3: all right well now that you are part of the Orioles organization you need to get Alan Mills on your podcast (laughs) <laughs> because every minor league pitcher that we've talked to praises Alan Mills, and he's now really? managing in the Gulf Coast League, I believe, for the Orioles. No, I
2: imagine okay. he's more old school. I don't know. I would think he's, he's more old, old school. school. Yeah, that yeah, might be an interesting uh, conversation. Um, but yeah, but Patrick Jones, we wish you the best of luck. Um, make those Orioles hitters better, please, by the time they get to 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 the majors, um, and and yeah, and be- best of luck. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. All right,
3: thanks. Absolutely. All right. Well, that was awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it
3: was fun to talk to him.
2: Um, I could, I could have done that interview for an hour and a half. Yeah. Maybe he,
3: hour
2: and 45 minutes.
3: Totally. He didn't give us any timetable, but we were trying to be respectful. And I think 30 minutes was awesome, but you're right. Every time he would answer a question, I'd have like 20 more <laughs> questions out of his yeah. answer.
2: Even when I was like joking about like, what do I tell Silas at, at two years old? Like, he gave a really serious and good answer.
3: I
0: was
2: just taking notes on this. I was just joking, but shoot, this is actually really good stuff. Let me take notes here.
3: Yeah, so that's awesome. Um, that's, like, that's kind of what we need to focus on this off season: is preparing for the future and preparing for these young guys. And that's not a better way to start than to talk about the guy who's going to be in there coaching him. Um, I like that I talked about kind of the older coaches sometimes don't know the best thing to do or and this whole especially when it brings in analytics and this new technology it's great to have a younger guy i also wonder if him being kind of not too much older than the players helps him with that uh building that relationship
2: yeah yeah it, it, it's true i think there's the fact that he has professional baseball experience right and the fact that he is relatively young um and depending on where he works uh, uh, but he'll be working with in the minors, right? Younger players just out of college, right? Um, and so it makes sense that I don't know. I think it's a good fit. And yeah, we and we, we got a good window into the type of guy that Elias is looking for. Um, we didn't get into a lot of the terminology stuff, um, so there's more room, I think, for us to grow as consumers of baseball, as consumers of the Orioles. Um, we're gonna need to learn, yes. you know, brush up on our stuff.
3: Yeah, like. Um, I mean, like, and that's at one point he mentioned KVS, Trackman, Repsado, Blast Motion, Tronics. He mentioned all these things, and we've read about these here and there. But now suddenly the Orioles are using all these, and yeah. we kind of know what they are, but not really. We could do another forty-five minutes an hour just with the, asking him some terms, like catch yeah. us up as the fan on this nerd stuff.
2: Have him try on his K vest and do some moves. I don't know. Yeah, sure. I, I think,
3: yeah, I think we need to go visit Patrick at some point and we all put on the K vest and see how we do.
2: Yeah, I know there's like tests you can do, right? Where they can measure certain things right. as far as movement and swing. Like there's and, something
3: yeah. you put on like the nub of your bat. I think that's the, isn't that the blast motion? Yeah, you, yeah. You put on the nub of your bat and it, and it can measure the swing. That, the, yeah, the contact it measures the swing
2: angle and contact point and all that stuff. Um, Yeah. And like I was was listening to his podcast the other day with the coach from Seton Hall and like all the girls do this hitting drill and like they collect the data and they either pass or fail. And I couldn't figure out like how one passed or failed, like what it was actually testing. But like, so there's all these things that I think will be really interesting to explore in the future. Um, So really appreciate Patrick for joining us. Yeah. yeah, And he
3: was he was very modest. He didn't promote himself as much as he should have. People should check out his podcast. They should follow him on Twitter. Tomorrow he has his, his episodes come out on Tuesdays and tomorrow he has Kevin Euclid on the, on the, on the show to talk about. Oh, really? Yeah. So like that's a, interesting. Yeah. So yeah. that's going to be a fun episode. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Some Red Sox connections. I don't know how it well, yeah, he, but... He's a Red Sox <laughs> player, but
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, it'll be cool to hear from a hitter about this whole thing.
2: Yeah. And if you're a high school coach, I know he makes like videos for high school coaches, on how to incorporate some of the stuff we're talking about to right. high school players. So if you're a high school baseball
3: coach, Oh, and like
2: not, yeah, and you should if, check them
3: out. Right. And if you are a, if you really are a, a high school or college baseball player, you really can pay him to do in-depth analysis of your swings. Yeah. And you can get monthly coaching from him on the internet or in person. Like, I don't know how much of that he's doing now that he's with the Orioles, but there's a great resource. If you check out Patrick
2: yeah, yeah i'm sending my video of sadist swinging a bat tomorrow we're gonna get him early we're gonna I'll wake him up out of bed yeah. early and we're gonna swing the yeah. bat outside
3: you know your question his his answer to your question was perfect because see i'm down here in florida and there's lots of golf down here so i had a i had I heard someone say the same question about golf wanting to get their kid into golf and the answer was pretty much word for word the same thing it was like Don't even worry about technique or anything until the kid's like 10. Let him just love golf and teach him to fall in love with the sport so that then he wants to get better himself and you're not trying to force him down a path.
2: Yeah. And sometimes especially true. I mean, golf is really hard, but baseball, like it's a sport that you're going to fail most of the time at, right? Like if you're a hitter, you're going to fail most of the time. It's the nature of the beast, right? Even the best hitters fail seven out of 10 times. And so, more than any other sport, right? Like you don't see shooting percentages like that, like more than any other sport in baseball, you fail all the time. So you better like what you're doing. If you're going to go up there and fail most of the time at it. Right.
3: Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You're a hall of famer. If you, if you go three, three for 10, your entire career. Right.
2: Yeah. If you fail seven or 10 times, which is, yeah, which is kind of insane. So you got to be comfortable with failure and you got to love what you do to be able to fail all the time and still go back. Um, All right, we're going to wrap up here. Hopefully next week, Bert will be back, the zany one.
3: Yeah, we can uh, take a look at our bold predictions from the beginning of the Orioles season. Yes. I have not looked back and glanced yet to to prepare for that or to kind of get a hint of, I don't even remember what I predicted last. No, I I know
2: what you predicted, and and you don't want to hear it. It's not pretty. Oh, I I know.
3: I, I guarantee I predicted Chris Davis was going to bounce back because I have a Chris Davis problem.
2: Yep, yep. So I'm sure just there's like, that. Yeah, just like in your Ravens bowl predictions, you predicted that Joe Flacco would have a better year than Lamar Jackson. I, I don't know. I don't get some of your predictions. Hey, he
3: had a better Sunday.
2: <laughs> yeah, next week, we'll get into some more Ravens talk as well. Uh, snuck out of victory against the Steelers, but we'll talk more about that next week. I,
3: I, love, I love the idea of people trying to push for the Broncos to reach out and trade Joe Flacco to the Steelers. <laughs> It's, not, it's yeah. not real, it's not true But I love I love just the idea of that I wish that was true
2: That would make me so happy Like Joe Flacco as a stealer would just be so funny
3: Yep, exactly would, It
2: would be the favorite thing that happened in my life So that would be cool um, Alright boys and girls, check us out uh, Just like so you can check it out, Patrick Jones on Twitter Also, I assume everyone's following us on Twitter Section336show You can also follow me on Twitter At Section336 And follow Josh on Twitter
3: At Josh Roca. <laughs>
2: Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, Go Ravens. And go O's.
1: This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off, and 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva macy's star rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees more at macy's.com star rewards savings off sale and clearance prices exclusions apply
0: fact or myth in the big game the coin toss usually comes up heads that is a myth in fact tails has come up more often in recent years Football is full of myths, like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths, too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at KeepItFunOhio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun.